0: No song to sing, no hand to hold, no star to guide, no tears to cry, no fire to burn, no sky above, no alone no wind behind, no part before, no chains around me, no fear within me, but with a love my heart's about me. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Section 138, Blue Jay Podcast for Everything Blue Jays. Uh, as always, I'm Mark Collie and I'm joined by Bryson from Everything Blue Jays. How are you, Bryson? I'm good. How are you, Mark? I'm doing well. Uh, what are we? Ten days to spring training now. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, the March eighteenth. We uh, were originally going to record a Friday and then Saturday, and our, our schedules just didn't match up. But we're here now, and it's a good thing that we were delayed because there's uh, so much more for us to talk about now. Uh, the Blue Jays have done a few things. Over the weekend, they've announced a few things. Uh, Devin Travis is going to be out four to six weeks. He's having surgery done on his left E. He had a meniscus tear. Um, Then we've got the Blue Jays are set to announce that they're raising the pay of their minor leaguers by more than 50%. Uh, So that's a nice, a welcome addition to uh, the Blue Jay news. And I mean, we'll get to our opinions later on it. So I'll I'll avoid talking about that now. Um, But also the Blue Jays are... uh, adding a curfew before games of of the latest time players can play video games before games. So I think that'll be our closer topic today because that sounds like the most interesting topic. But just getting started with Devin Travis, of course, that meniscus tear. um, It's really, I I guess, disappointing for everyone. You know, Travis, fans, a team alike, um, he's been injured so much over the last few years, and uh, obviously you've seen him in his press conferences be uh, intensely emotional uh, and really raw in that sense. We've seen him crying, and it, it is sad and disappointing to see him struggle, because by all accounts, everyone uh, loves him. He seems like a great guy. It's just really disappointing to see him struggle in this way. Exactly. Uh, so
1: we were aware of the news uh, just on the weekend. Uh, or Actually, we knew about the news uh, even before, but we, were, we learned about the surgery he underwent uh, earlier last week that was kind of kept behind closed doors and eventually released so once again Travis um, goes down with a small meniscus tear so he had to get that his knee scoped out and uh, He's lucky to be only out four to six weeks because we know the severity of or the past severities of his previous knee injuries Again, this is not the first time. This is not the second time This is the third or the fourth time which again is very unfortunate to see from a player like Devin Travis and last season too in 2018 he appeared in 103 games and he wasn't exactly injured all year he did go through a lot of uh, precautionary rest days and he, he was his workload seemed to be reduced as well even you know throughout maybe t- to closer to the end of the year with the Jays completely out of it but other than 2018 2015 16 17 we we all know uh, the history there of his lack of appearances in games and you know the severity of the injuries and it's too bad for him too because in 2015 when he started out uh you know he he got off to a terrific start and even in 2016 he got off to a terrific start you know he was batting north of or he was batting at least 300 or and uh you know he seemed to be a bright piece of the future and ever since then he's just um you know maybe you can say development or you know his whole play is kind of stalled In 2017 when he um he he played in 50 games and then even last year we didn't see the best uh, performance out of him exactly. Um, you know, I could blame the injuries for the re, uh, you know, this is definitely a big reason why. But, you know, if someone, Devin Travis, you know, he just can't seem to get over that hump of staying healthy for multiple seasons. And it seems a lot like the fans have also turned on him. I'm sure you've been receiving similar comments to mine of, you know, pretty much about everybody saying how this guy can't play anymore. He's, you know, he's washed up. We should move on from him. And, uh, you know, four to six weeks seems like a, a timetable that he could even possibly go through. He can go past because he's going to need another few weeks to regroup in the minors before it's four to six weeks before he can even resume baseball activities as well. So it'll be interesting to see how long he's out for. And again, you, you, you just feel for the guy because it just seems like, uh, you know, the baseball gods are not on his side. You know, he's doing everything he can to stay healthy and stay on the field. And it just seems every single time there's always something holding him back. So, this is definitely definitely hurting his career as well, just because uh, the, the lack of games he has played in already in his four years is just, it's been way below average and way below what he should be playing in. So, uh, due to that, the final roster spot, well, the final infielder spot will probably likely be between Urena and uh, Sogard. And of course, Urena has the advantage because he's on the 40 man roster. But yeah. Uh, definitely very sad to see, and you can feel for Devin Travis. But you know, hopefully you can wish him a speedy recovery. Recovery. And the only thing that we can really hope for is if he can somewhat uh, return to a good baseball form. You know, t- again, 2018 wasn't the best year for him, but this previous years, he did seem, or at least his first two years, he was on. Uh, he did start off really well, so you just hope to see him eventually get his career on track, like we saw a glimpse of in the first two seasons of his career.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned at the beginning of that that um, the Blue Jays are really lucky with what this injury has turned out to be. He struggled so much, and as you mentioned, he's played so little over the past few years. 103 games last season, 50 games in 2017, 101 games 2016, 62 games 2015. Really, the Blue Jays are lucky that this injury is only out four to six weeks. And in his press conference after the fact, that uh, after the Blue Jays had initially announced this, um, Travis... Uh, I guess even somehow relieved. I think he said that he himself was relieved that this is not something bigger, that it can be something solved with surgery. And obviously surgery is nothing. Uh, you, you never want to, um, go under surgery because, uh, obviously it's uncomfortable and there, there's time that it takes to recover, but he himself seemed relieved with, uh, the diagnosis with what the Blue Jays were planning on doing, uh, to, uh, To help him get healthy, so uh, it's pretty simple, he's out, this has happened before, Uh, we don't have too much to discuss there, Uh, but the next topic for today, the Blue Jays did, um, or are set to... Increase the pay of their minor league players, all minor league players, regardless of the level in the minors, by more than 50%. This was reported yesterday by Emily Walden and Ken Rosenthal of uh, The Athletic, Um, and basically... uh, I mean it was weird they reported it they kind of got the scoop but then um also Mark Shapiro was quoted in the article like he said this is a really important thing for the organization and also Ben Sherrington uh vice president of baseball operations the same thing he was quoting the article so um it was weird that this thing hasn't been announced publicly yet but also I guess this was the Blue Jays way of announcing it publicly um but uh I want to get your thoughts on this before I talk about my thoughts but uh yeah Go ahead. Well, yeah,
1: first of all, uh, I think this is a tremendous thing that the Jays are doing. This is, you know, hopefully some sort of trend or some sort of movement they begin for minor leaguers. And, you know, the amount of work that people spend in the minor leagues just trying to get to the major league baseball level is insane. And even before or other than the Jays who are paying them the other 29 teams, you know, you can, you know, it's even in my opinion or you can argue that, you know, those minor league players who you know, are just begging for another shot at Major League Baseball or just fighting to stay in the loop are ridiculously underpaid. So, you know, hopefully with the Blue Jays having, you know, they've cut back on their budget too the past couple of years. So I guess they have extra money to spend, which which isn't a bad thing to spend toward minor league players. And even with the, you know, the free agent market, it's uh, the way it's been the past couple of years. Uh, you know, lots of veterans are without pay. And I just think it's a good start or a good movement to try and keep, you know, minor leaguers around and, you know, giving them an increase in pay by, you know, 50%. It is a significant uh, number, but, um, you know, it maybe you can attract, you you know, interest around, um, you know, a variety of free agents. And again, hopefully this is a start for the other 29 teams to follow. I just think it's a really cool thing of what they're doing. And, you know, people like Charlie Montoya, uh, the manager of the Jays, you know, who before, um, you know, before he was a manager or he was a name manager you know he was a manager in the minor leagues for I think he managed over a thousand games I saw today um something like that he's meant so uh, you know the the point is he's been there for years and it's taken him so much time to finally get at the major league level and the past couple years again he's been with Tampa we all know that but you know it took him this long to finally get an MLB manager job and you know just again the minor leagues is where it all starts for players and people you know, who are either veterans trying to fight for, you know, another chance or to stay in the loop or even prospects developing. I just think it's a cool thing for, you know, players to look forward to and to keep them. And of course, you know, money makes everybody happy. So I just think it keeps them, you know, uh, I I, I mean, I want to say motivated, you know, to keep playing. And, you know, the only, it's a cool thing, again, that the Jays are doing just because we haven't seen this at all before. And, um, you know, if the Jays are behind a movement like this, where other teams start to follow them in terms of Upgrading the salary would be a really cool story for the organization, just because. Uh, well, it would be yeah, exactly. It'd be a cool story um, for the organization to follow, and I just, you know, I just hope for the sake of baseball too. It's really cool to see uh, these people, you know, who are again they're fighting for everything. You know, they're they're trying to keep their jobs. They're trying to, um, they're trying to fight for their careers, and you know, just to see from you know people with middle class perspective or you know who aren't making millions of dollars as athletes to see the raise they get. And, you know, it gives them more, you know, maybe more, again, more motivation to keep fighting. And I just, again, it's a really cool thing uh, what the organization is doing. And it'll be interesting to see. I'm curious about uh, how long it'll take or if other organizations will follow. I have, you know, I personally believe some will. I don't know. I'm not going to say that all of them are, but I just think it's a, it's a cool strategy to, you know, maybe attract free agents or, you know, get the, the reputation, the organization, organization can get from it too is it's a really cool thing
0: exactly um I think this issue of minor league pay has been playing out in the public sphere for a while. But this is um, really at least the first step we've seen uh, with the Blue Jays uh, taking to improve conditions for minor leaguers. So, um, uh, although after this article was published, we did see some reports of uh, they've been working on getting uh, two buses for minor league teams to travel instead of just one bus. They've been making strides in the minors before this to... It make the living conditions of people, uh, of players and the minors, uh, better. But of course, I think this is a great step. I think it's awesome anytime you can see a team lead the way, like the Blue Jays are right now. Um, especially in a way that they, they're, they're, I guess this could be good or not, but that they're publicizing, uh, as you know, treating players like humans, like they're, they're publicizing in a way that makes it look like. They are in doing this for the intention Of bettering the players, which I I think Obviously is great Um, Part of me wonders when this came out You know, there's been so much talk Lately about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Staying down in the minors for a few more Weeks before the Blue Jays bring him up And I don't know why, my mind just When I heard this news My mind immediately jumped to the fact That the Blue Jays are keeping Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Down, and um, of course we've talked About that before in this podcast, if you haven't Heard that, listen to our last few episodes um but, but my mind immediately jumped to the fact that maybe they're doing this and announcing it right now to kind of take the weight off of that criticism about vladimir Guerrero jr i don't know that might be a crazy conspiracy theory um but that was just where my mind popped to right away but again this is a fantastic thing regardless of the motives um it's it's an amazing thing to see the blue jays doing this um and being leaders within major league baseball
1: yeah um I actually once um, you know the Jays announced this too. I, I actually thought about uh, Gro. I also thought about you know other prospects who are you know a couple maybe a year or two away as well as you know Bichette and Biggio and uh, other prospects like that. You know it just again it, the the main point of this is um, you know the minor league the jump or the gap from major league baseball uh, and the minor leagues it's pretty significant. Uh, The conditions, you know, just the atmosphere or, you know, just the lifestyle in general. Again, it's nowhere near uh, the major league level. Like the gap is, I think, bigger than what people imagine or what people actually know. You know, it can be as far as, you know, again, like you said, the team transportation, um, you know, buses... Uh, minor league teams, you know, who spend hours on the road each season, you know, as they don't travel in planes, they're you know they're taking overnight bus trips here and there. They're going they're going all around the you know the United States uh, to small cities, and you know maybe even the clubhouses they're in. the The amount of uh, treatment they get, you know, just again the lifestyle, the pay they get, it completely um, a huge gap from the major league level. And I think that's another thing that people don't really understand as as much. And again. Uh, do them doing this? You know, it it completely, or it continues to try and limit the gap just to make it closer. As you know, minor league players, I they you know they deserve this. They they, you know, people in baseball, uh, major league baseball, one hundred and sixty two games. People are grinding the way you can imagine what the minor leaguers go through in conditions like this. Sometimes you know, um, even though they don't play as many games, but um, for Guerrero and Bichette, you know, Biggio, maybe it is another uh stint to, you know, make them even more happy. And, you know, people like Ro maybe he can hold Maybe he's not as, well, I shouldn't say he's not as anxious, but um, when it comes to um, being eventually being promoted, I'm thinking that he's going to take as many t- as much time as he needs in the minor leagues to get ready as well as rehabbing from his injury. I don't think he's as, or I don't think it's as, you know, he doesn't want to speed it up as quickly. He needs to be 100% before he makes that jump. So I just think little things like this can impact the direction of that and again with the grind that the minor leaguers go through, I just think it's a, again, it's a really, really cool thing what the Jays have done.
0: Yeah, it's it, just to speak more to that difference between uh, major league baseball and minor league baseball. If you're with, let's say, the Buffalo Bisons in the Blue Jays' case, they're the Blue Jays' Triple A team. If you're in Triple A with the Buffalo Bisons, you're earning, uh, I think it's about two thousand dollars a month or uh, two thousand five hundred dollars a month, but that's only for months that you are playing. So that's six months seven months for being generous so if you look at that prospects are making $14,000 a year that is below the poverty line in the U.S. that's not to mention all the accessories that you have to buy to play baseball like bats and gloves and helmets and all that stuff um of course a lot of that's supplied by the team but a lot of it you have to get yourself um regardless of all that you're below the poverty line (laughs) it's it's a question of whether you can put food on the table in the first place. Besides which you, you have to buy all this equipment And obviously um, players are subsidized by their signing bonuses And by bonuses they get each year And obviously by the investment they are making Into their career playing in the minors That will soon pay off if they ever get to the majors But um, it's insane that they're they're being paid below the poverty level Uh in the U.S., uh, obviously, this doesn't speak for you know the Vancouver Canadians or whatever, uh, but they're being paid below the poverty level, um, and and it's, some people say you know this is a, a, a uh, like an internship or or you know they're just learning their way. This is temporary. This is to get their footing, and they'll get to the majors eventually. Like, uh, no, they're being paid below the poverty line. Yes, players have off-season jobs and such, but I I really think. Putting into perspective that way is important. Also, major league baseball players—the major league minimum—I believe it just moved up this year, but previously it's at around five hundred thousand dollars a year. That's five hundred. That's what uh twenty times the uh, the the poverty level. It's insane that um so many major league players make this absurd amount of money, and then it it doesn't trickle down to the minors. So I think the Blue Jays taking that step is really important, and um. Obviously, there is more that the Blue Jays could do in this situation. I saw rough calculations uh, done by uh, Matt from Bluebird Banter, one of my uh, co-writers on that site, Um, and he he calculated it would cost the Blue Jays about $500,000 more dollars to make this uh, pay increase for minor league players, which I think is good putting it in perspective. So, um, you know, there's talks about adding another player to the roster in the majors. That would cost the Blue Jays as much as paying every single minor league player 50% more. So I think this is a really good stride that the Blue Jays are taking, and it's important that they're leading the way in in Major League Baseball.
1: Yeah, and, you know, um, going through your difference of the uh, the major league minimum and the poverty line, like you said, in the United States as well. You know, also think of players like, or, you know, minor league players who are, again, just fighting for, you know, trying to put food on the table, like you said, and even their careers. You know, imagine what they think of people like Bryce Harper, who's making, um, well, his $330 million contract, but I remember seeing the breakdown of it, how he's making, you know, over $10,000 per at-bat or something like that. And he's just... He just has to step in the batters box to make over 10 grand and again um the you know what they're doing the jays it you know again the whole goal of this is to try and improve the life for the minor leaguers but you know as they continue to or you know people other than the uh the jays you know seeing people like this like Bryce Harper who again they're they're making tens of thousands of dollars just standing in the plate so you can imagine how tough it is to see from those people you know you know what they're fighting for so it is again a really cool movement what the jays are doing
0: yeah it's pretty awesome and you look baseball is uh what it's a 10 billion dollar industry um and none of this money makes it way to the, its way to the minors um so that in and of itself is pretty disappointing but again it's uh great to see the blue jays doing this and making those strides um just trying to figure out how much uh bryce harper gets paid i i calculated it before i'm trying to find it again uh how much he gets paid per minute uh right now i'm putting into my calculator let's see uh he gets uh more than uh, almost three thousand dollars an hour for 13 years every single hour for 13 years he gets almost three thousand dollars um and that is Let's see, forty-eight dollars a minute. If I did that correctly, forty-eight dollars a minute every single minute for the next thirteen years. Bryce Harper is going to be getting all that money. It's insane that none of this trickles down uh, to the miners. But we've beat that point to a pulp, and we're in a consensus that it's a great thing that the Blue Jays are doing this. Um, But. Moving on, uh, we may differ here. Uh, The Blue Jays are instituting a curfew before games uh, for how close to games players can play video games. Uh, This came up last season in September. Uh, Russell Martin, I guess, was playing video games a lot in the clubhouse. People didn't like this. So Charlie Montoyo said today that the Blue Jays are instituting that curfew. We don't know the details of it yet. We've just heard a little bit. About it from, of course, Charlie and some of the Blue Jays uh, uh, media around the Blue Jays. Uh, I So far, I don't really have an opinion about this. Um, I'm conflicted with both arguments. So uh, I'm going to leave it up to you to try to convince me with whatever you think.
1: All right. So here it goes. So a major league baseball team in a team meeting, um, I just it, it still amazes me how Uh, video games comes up as a team topic or about, you know, what the lifestyle or what goes on in the clubhouse. But for that to come up, again, video games must be a serious, like, serious attraction in the Jays clubhouse. We know, I mean, we've seen, there's been lots of pictures over the past few years of Russell Martin playing a lot in the clubhouse, so-and-so. Even people like Deonor Navarro, who was... Uh, part of the Jays' playoff runs a few years ago. He was even a big video gamer. And, you know, under John Gibbons, who was a veterans player-manager who didn't really say much and let the team, you know, kind of talk things out on their own and do things, you know, how they wanted to. Um, you know, again, the... the uh, What's the word for it? Uh, the overhaul that the Jays have gone through for the past few years. You know, they got a young team now, so they need... They brought in Monteo to be more of... To speak to them a little more. And... Um, Again, going back to Russell Martin, who you know, again, this is a guy who played two games in September last year, and he also managed the final game of the year. So uh, you can maybe see what why he was doing it. You know, he didn't really have much to do in the last year of the season. But at the other hand, where I can agree with this is this is a prof- it's a prof- it's professional baseball. It's you know, it's a professional environment. And um, if Russell Martin was playing video games that much, and it comes up in a team topic the next spring, you know, there's clearly something. There has to be deductions, but uh, the other thing that's funny is I just I still think it's funny how you know this comes up in saying how there's too much Fortnite and how there's going to be a curfew. Well, there should be a curfew, obviously, if they're going to go through film or if it's an, an hour before you know a game and they're going to go do batting practice or so and so throughout the day. But you know, I I don't really I just I don't really know how I feel about this. I'm on both sides. I've seen. Lots of comments going back and forth, but majority of them have kind of been making fun of the Blue Jays for the, even making, you know, how the the management or the coaches have made a restriction on this. You know, I've seen people saying, you know, these are grown men, you know, the fact that coaches are making a big deal out of this is crazy. And it is true, um, you know, baseball is different than the other three big sports where um, you're you, you, again, you, you essentially live in a clubhouse for 162 games a year and, you know, you rarely have any off days. So I guess, you know, to keep the the clubhouse company or, you know, to give them something to to do while they're not doing baseball activities is cool. But I just, I'm just curious on how big of an issue this was last year that it's coming up the next spring. Um, if they playing, I'm fine with some video games. Like I'm fine with it. Like it obviously doesn't, impact any of the fans but i just wonder if every single player agrees with the restriction of the video games and how many people don't i just it's curious because it's maybe it's something that the players don't really i just feel like it's something that they don't really talk about much like they they all they all do it like they all they all play or they all you know they they know of it but i don't know how much of this is a conversation or really what goes on, you know, if so-and-so talk to each other, hey, you know, what's with all the video games? Like, I just don't think, I can't see my, I can't see that being a, a topic of discussion, so it's it's just very interesting to me. I don't know how I feel, I mean, they are, again, they are grown men, but these are young players who are coming, you know, Guerrero's coming, who barely, sp- you know, who doesn't even speak a word of English. Uh, Bichette's on his way up, maybe next year Biggio's on his way up, so this is a, this is a young team with very few veterans, but uh, with the old Jays, what we saw a few years ago, I, I guess it's not a big problem because these again, these guys are veterans who can handle themselves. They're in their thirties, Russell Martin. Again, he didn't even have again. Like I'm, I'm going back to what I said earlier. He didn't have much to do anyway in September. Um, but I, I do think video games are you know cool to have. Uh, through some parts, I just I'm again, I don't think it's something that they should be spending majority of their time in the clubhouse before a game or after a game. Um, you know, playing. You know, I think. There's, you know, they should be, um, they are for sure they're focused on uh, baseball and getting better. But again, it's just very, very confusing. I like to, if I got to hear, you know, more inside information, or if I got to hear more, you know, opinions from the players, I think that would make it even more interesting. It's just something that I can't really wrap my head around. It actually makes me laugh that this is, this is coming up, but you know, with again, and then the game used uh, reference a lot was Fortnite and we all know how. Popular that game's been for the past what six months to a year, so um, I, I can't believe you know we're talking about this just because we've never really had to come through this before with the Jays. I guess we've seen it, and I, I think we've seen Fortnite reference throughout other sports, but it's definitely it's just it kind of I don't know it's just it's a weird it's just a weird thing to talk
0: about in my opinion, but again it's pretty funny at the same time. Oh yeah, it's I at least I find it personally hilarious. Um, you know. We, just as this was brought up, um, the news broke today that Carlos Santana last season smashed a TV in the Phillies clubhouse uh, because he uh, they were playing too much Fortnite. I guess that's the explanation. Uh, he wanted to stop them from playing Fortnite. Um, and it's hilarious, it's comical, but um, you know, I think in all seriousness, this is kind of an important issue if you look at the scale of where um how much. To broaden the scale a lot uh, How much employers can influence What their employees do and, and how much control they have over their employees Which I guess basically is what This debate is about on a, a far broader Scale and taking it um, taking Context to the extreme uh, But looking at it like I, I think that is really what this debate is about because uh, you know, uh, Russell Martin, like like you said, he played two games in September, he was playing a lot of video games, but before that we've seen him on the field kicking around the soccer ball with players and, and bonding and letting off steam that way, so where do you draw the line between saying something, it, why why was them playing soccer not a problem? Like, I, I'd like to know some more about these details because certainly the Martin last season seems to be the cause of this. Like, why are the blue Jays now um condemning th- this video game playing instead of condemning other stuff and where do you draw the line between I don't know playing car- a card game in the clubhouse and playing a video game um so that line is interesting uh, Charlie Montoyo did get to this a little bit uh in in his time with the media uh he said that they were uh let me find it uh they're they're gonna try to ha- instead um ban uh, set a time at six o'clock, uh, that was a possibility that Montoyo mentioned, where all games in the clubhouse have to be turned off, whether, it, or stop playing, whether it's card game or, or whatever. It's not specifically directed at video games, um, so that, uh, players have time to look at video and, uh, like you said, like, get ready for the game, um, and uh, Gregor Chilzolm, uh, writer for MLB.com who covers the Blue Jays, he said, uh, so basically this is like parenting the kids. And I think that's funny because, you know, we look at players, you know, as we just talked about, Bryce Harper commanding such a huge deal, and then you have teams doing something like this. So, it's I, again, it's a question of where, what rights do the teams have, what rights do the players have uh, to limit what they do in their free time, and what free time do they have when they're being paid by contract year after year after year by teams that expect them to be ready to play at 7 o'clock or at 1 o'clock or or whenever the game is. So, in this situation, um, you know, I keep vacillating between the two options, but I think I have to lean a little bit more with the team because they get the benefit of my doubt because I don't think they would do something without measuring it, but I also think this could easily get out of hand and become something where it is no longer reasonable and where it ends up hurting players and and the production on the field rather than helping the players and getting them more dedicated to what they're actually doing for a career.
1: Yeah, um,
0: again, with Russell Martin kind of leading the way, I I actually
1: forgot about the uh, the soccer thing they used to do again Navarro was another one who was part of it even even going through you know a couple years ago we've seen there's been videos of you know when Josh Donaldson was a Jay when he you know he'd roll his pants up he would you know he'd be playing mini golf on the turf behind the batting cage you know again little things like this and i think uh the trend here which is pretty much common sense to everyone this is all th- these are all things uh that are that vets are doing and you know that maybe you know, comes up now just because, you know, Russell Martin's gone. He's back in L.A. where he started his career. And, you know, since people don't have to put up a fuss with him about, you know, maybe being even being afraid to call him out because he's the vet and, you know, you're you're a younger guy who has less, you know, years of service time or who has less years in the Jays Clubhouse, you know, there's kind of, kind of, I guess sports kind of run like that with the rookies not, you know, being able to say much or, you know, do much out of, out of line where as you get older and you become a veteran... You can do things like that, and you don't really have to face a lot of, you know, criticism or explanation about it. So, you know, if you can only think of, like, again, I'll just use Vlad Jr. as an example, you know, can you imagine him, you know, starting to play video games all the time? Um, you know, if he get doesn't get off the video games, you know, people start. People will definitely start questioning him, you know, and telling him to get off, and even the fans, would, you know, I can even see the fans backlashing, saying, you know, you know, for someone, you know, who's a major league baseball player, you know, you should be focusing on your weight because that seems to be the backlash that Guerrero gets these days is about the way his, what condition he's in and what, um, you know, what uh, his, you know, how much he's in shape again, like I said, and, you know, why he isn't spending more time on that. But, you know, when, also when you reference the Carlos Santana with the bat, I think that's, all, that's obviously a little bit out of hand. Um, at the end of the day, it's a video game. And, you know, I think you can also be nicer about it, especially for somebody who's a, a veteran there who, um, you know, you're trying to set an example for younger people in the, the Phillies clubhouse. But, again, there is a line. But, again, Santana breaking a TV with the bat, I think that's a little extreme. But to be approached about it and maybe to limit the amount of, or especially for the media to see too, just the amount of activities you do around the field and the fact that, you know, it's a video game that comes up, which is Fortnite, you know. A lot of people think video games, you know, there's the, the myth, you know, it rots your brain, you know. And then there's the other people who just like to do it to have fun. So I think the fact that, again, it's a digital video game that creates a lot of problems which is why we didn't see any backlash with, you know, the Donaldson mini putting or the, the soccer balls that used to be kicked around. Even, you know, even um, players do, playing the soccer, Bautista was even one of them. You know, they're all wearing soccer jerseys uh, during this time. So again, there is a line to be dr- drawn upon. And uh, you agreed with the, the team a little bit more. And I probably, I, I still don't know because we do, we, we do agree a lot in, on this podcast, like you've mentioned countless times. I just, I can't find a side to pick on because you can see both sides, but um, I just, again, it's very interesting to see how big of a problem this really is or the media is just continuing to pump this as it goes as that's their job as Montoyo probably got into it for a bit, but he didn't get into it for a whole lot. But the fact that that interesting topic came out is, you know, that's something we don't see every day. And the fact that the media keeps pumping it. I think that's why it becomes even more of a big deal, you know, and really how how big of a deal is it really to the players behind
0: closed doors? That's the other interesting thing or the curious thing that unfortunately we'll never know. Yeah, it's. I really think the devil lies in the details here um, because we can't really make a determination. We don't know what was happening last season. I just tried to find anything. I, I couldn't find a story about Russell Martin last season during September, but of course today when this news was brought up, um, a, a lot of reporters mentioned uh, that this was pretty much directed at Russell Martin for his uh, actions in September 2018. So, um, although there was nothing at the time that I could find, maybe I'm just, my memory is going, but, you know, it's, the the devil lies in the details here. It's really important why the Blue Jays are doing this and what is leading them to do this and the specifics of the actual quote-unquote ban because of course if it's you know just stopping everything at six o'clock to have players talk and get ready for the game and watch video and prep in the batting cage i think that's a positive thing if it's um banning video games um from four o'clock onward and and no i it really does matter the actual details of this are. Well, that pretty much wraps up the podcast for today. Thank you to everyone who listened. And, of course, thank you, Bryson, for joining us. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at everything.blue.js. You can follow me at 360 Blue Jay news, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Colley and read all my work on Bluebird Banter and, of course, on my Instagram, as I just mentioned. So thank you for listening. Rate this podcast and share it with your friends if you enjoyed it. And we'll catch you next time. Somebody make me lose control